Are you ready to take your Ford ownership to the next level? Introducing Ford Pass at Jim K. Ford. Your passport to a world of convenience and control. Start your vehicle remotely. Lock or unlock it from your smartphone. Receive instant alerts about your vehicle's health and schedule service appointments. Don't miss out on the Ford Pass revolution at Jim K. Ford. 1438 Uville Drive in Orleans or online at JimKFord.com. At Jim K. Ford Lincoln. We say yes! Ford Sends Nation podcast with Steve Warren and the coach, Greg Kennedy. Well, happy holidays, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Jim K. Ford Sends Nation podcast. And I think that uh, there are going to be some Sends fans who have a little extra spring in their step as they step into Christmas. Uh, as the Sends make some big headlines today after four plus years with the Ottawa Senators. They've made a coaching change. DJ Smith is out as head coach, as is his assistant, Davis Payne. Coming in is Jacques Martin, who was here 20 years ago. It was almost 20 years ago, 2004, he got let go. And Daniel Offertson will be at his side as they both move back behind the bench. Um, I felt like we had almost become exasperated in our last couple of episodes. So for the good of the podcast, I think this is... A good news kind of a day for the good of the team. A good news kind of day. But, uh, yeah, let's get into it today. It is Steve Warren along with the coach, Greg Kennedy. And, Greg, how are you today? Oh, glory day. Huh? Isn't it a glorious day, Steve? It's a it's a great day for hockey. Uh, I, I can't wait to see uh, Jacques Martin back behind the bench and see what kind of changes he can make and how quickly things can happen, although I – a bit of a downer. I think it might take 10 to 15 games before you, you're going to see any real concrete evidence of changes, but I think it's just, it's wonderful. It, it, it was a merciful death. It, it, it had to happen. And it was almost like, okay, Deej, you've given us all you've got. You've tried every night. You've, you've faced the media. You're, you've worked hard, but unfortunately it's just not happening for you. I think it was more of a mercy, a mercy firing than anything else. Yeah, I think it's, uh, you know, when you get right down to it, too, it's uh, the players were kind of frustrated and discouraged with the losing. And it didn't, I'm, I'm sure that they're feeling like they didn't have anybody who was going to give them the answers. It just felt like it was a rudderless situation now. Like the captain had fallen off the side of the boat and the boat is just drifting aimlessly in the harbor. And uh, they, it was time for a new captain. I don't think there's any doubt about that. And we filled many hours of podcasts. <laughs> With talking about the details of why a change was needed, I still say, even just from a time perspective, it was time. He had a good opportunity. He had a good run. Even DJ Smith's closest relatives can't look at the Ottawa Senators and say he wasn't given enough time. He wasn't treated fairly. I don't know that any coach in NHL history that got let go by a team has been treated more fairly than DJ Smith was. Agree totally, Steve. I think everyone is probably pretty much in agreement that it could have happened a year ago, it could have happened two years ago. And I think people would have been, okay, yeah, all right. I don't know that anybody would have been upset with it if it had happened sooner. It just enough was enough. And it was interesting to hear Steve Steos talk about um, the, the same sort of things that you and I talk about, you know, the consistency of effort, the structure, the the, the special teams, uh, whatever you want to point out, but it's the same things we've talked about all along. 
But uh, what I liked was when he talked about coming back from Sweden where they had those five games and they, they looked like a different team and they won three out of the five of them and things looked like, okay, we're going to be all right here. And then boom, welcome to Ottawa, Steve. That's what Steve Steos, that is. That's what happens here. They look good for a little while and then they go straight into crap mode for a little while. It's just, that's the way it is. And, and that was probably the first major one of those types of up and down that maybe Steve Steos had experienced and, and decided that, you know, enough was enough. Yeah, Steve Steos had a couple of availabilities today as we're recording this on a Monday. Steos uh, had uh, the deal with the scrum uh, that he did with uh, the YouTube channel and also had an official Zoom media conference. So this courtesy of the Ottawa Senators YouTube channel, Steve Steos talking about why he made the move today. After a real tough loss against Florida, the coaches made some adjustments that I was encouraged by. Uh, there's a five-game stretch there where I thought we were heading in the right direction. Um, you know, you know, we went three of those those five games only, but in the two two losses, I thought that you know was just still encouraging play. And then, to me, it kind of went back to where it was before. So um, I just uh, felt like this was the right time to give our players uh, the hope and the boost that uh, that they need moving forward. He also talked a little bit about uh, the message going a bit cold with DJ Smith. The players continued to to work, mm-hmm. and that shows the character of our group. Um, but I think the it was the same issues that were plaguing us uh, in our losses, and uh, I didn't see that we were getting more consistent in some of those areas. And I know DJ was trying; he worked, he didn't stop working uh, right till the end. So um, I just thought that. Uh, at that point, the message just wasn't getting get through. So DJ Smith is out as head coach of the Ottawa Senators, and this was, well, they were on track to miss the f- playoffs for the fifth straight year this year and, and still probably are. I'll ask you the question, though. Now that Jacques Martin's come in, Daniel Offertson's coming in, Payne and DJ Smith are out. Is it still too late, or is there still maybe a miracle here? I tried to do some math, Steve, and it looks like they probably need to get uh, 70 points in their remaining games. And uh, uh, no, it's not going to happen. This team is not going to make the playoffs. Um, It's unfortunate for a fan base that has been asked to be patient and has been patient. It's unfortunate, I feel, for the fans who've waited and waited and waited. And this, yet again, this was supposed to be the year, but it's not going to happen now. And unfortunately, you're going to have to be patient again. You're going to have to be patient to see what kind of changes are made and what kind of structure can be implemented and uh, minor tweaks here and there and probably some big major tweaks too as far as these old coverage and systems go. But some things are going to change and it'll give give us a better view of what can be down the road when I think still someone else will be the eventual full-time head coach, the interim tag. I think Jacques is just here for the end of the season. And then, you know, you're going to look at another new coach next year and hopefully not too many changes systems-wise if things get put in place this year for the for the rest of the season. And uh, credit to you, you did call that uh, right away that, uh, you know, welcome the new interim coach in waiting. The second that Martin was hired as a coaching consultant, that's what you said. And so uh, it turned out to be bang on, basically, in case of emergency break glass. There's your winningest coach in franchise history just sitting there waiting for you. And today was that day that uh, that they broke the glass and, and brought Jacques Martin into the mix. You know me, though, I'm, you know, to the point about making the playoffs, I'm something of the eternal optimist when it comes to this team. 
I would say that I don't think I'd put one penny on them making the playoffs right now if you ask me to put money on it, but I do feel more hopeful. You know, I had, I didn't feel any hope at all with the status quo. Now I feel a little glimmer of hope. Do I think it'll happen? No, but I'm more invested. The Sens are going to be in Arizona and they're going to be in Colorado under DJ Smith in the status quo. I was looking at it as a job to watch those games because of being the site editor of the hockey news as the host and owner of this podcast. I feel, okay, I got to watch the games, but if I didn't have those two things on my plate, I'm probably not even going to watch the next two games. That's where my headspace was right now with this. Now, now I'm right into it. Now I'm back on board. And I think that's at the crux of this whole thing. Part of the reason behind why the club did what it did today, because I think they could get the sense of that right now too. They can feel this team's bleeding fans right now in terms of their interest level. And the other thing to, to add on to that, Steve, is the let's not forget the effect, the new coach bump effect. Like, yeah, these two next next two games are going to be pretty tough for them to win, especially that Colorado game. And then coming home and having to face Pittsburgh. Uh, maybe the new coach, coach bump gets you over these tough games here now. And then you got a little bit of a break. Some some practice. Well, sorry, there's another couple after the Pittsburgh game, but then there's a Christmas break, a couple days off. Maybe this team gets some things in place, and the new coach bump carries you, and then the new systems come into place, and maybe they just kind of smoothly got through this, and they can reel some wins off. You know uh, what? What is uh, Edmonton is ten and five, I think. That's right. Is that the record? Or twelve and five, or something? Since the coaching yep. change there, ten so, and five. You know this. This team is capable of more. We all know that. Don't don't sh- uh, sell short the fact that the players have some guilt here. They're going to be playing with guilt <laughs> against Arizona and Colorado coming up here. Uh, that might stir them on to some victories too. There's 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 lots of factors in here that that just maybe just maybe it's going to be into these first ten to twelve games under Jacques. Maybe even as many as twenty before you're really going to see some concrete evidence of things. But if they can get carried through that point and chalk up some dubs, thanks to guilt and thanks to new coach bump, then maybe it's not so bad. I think that right now, both Edmonton and Minnesota, their records are so good after the coaching change that if you just look at that, ten and five for Edmonton, I want to say like seven and two or something for Minnesota. Yes, like those are first place type stats. Even St. Louis, it's it's recent, but they're two and zero. So they're they're all off to great starts in the coach bump department. isn't it interesting that anybody who's left over, whether it's the GM in question or the players, when they're interviewed about the new guy coming in, isn't it interesting how everything they they say about the new coach in praise, it sounds like an indictment of the old coach not being able to do any of those things. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's always that way. It, it's a shame, really. Uh, be careful of what players, be careful what you read uh, from what players are going to say over the course of the next 24, 48 hours, or especially post-game after a couple of wins that are going to happen here in the future. Just just be careful and understand that the players are in a tough spot, and they you kind of have to say something positive about the new guy. And unfortunately, sure. uh, when you end up saying something positive about the new guy, especially after if, if they win a couple, it's going to come out as sounding like you're being negative about the old guy. And I uh, right. just be leery of that fact. It, it, it may happen yeah. here. It will happen. Yeah. Here. Yeah. It's like, oh, the new guys, oh, he's so happy and he's fun to be around. Oh, the old guy you thought was miserable. You hated him. Anyway, 
I say that in the spirit of listening to the next clip. Uh, this one, uh, again, let's see here. Where was this one? This was, I, I credit this one to the Senator's YouTube site as well as uh, Steve Steos talks about what uh, Jacques Martin and Daniel Alfredson bring to the table. I think the qualities that he brings from a leadership perspective uh, and style um, are in contrast to DJs, um, you know, both quality, but, uh, but he brings a, you know, a great deal of confidence, um, a steady voice for our group. Um, he's very detail oriented for our group right now. I think as you watch our games, that's where, you know, we've been, we've been lacking a little bit. And so I believe that, uh, Jacques, along with Daniel Alfredson are going to be able to, uh, together bring, um, that, that to our group. I think, uh, they're both confident, encouraged, and so am I with, with our group. Um, I think there's a great deal of character with our group. I think there's a great deal of leadership. And, and, uh, um, so I think, Jacques, along with with Alfie, I think uh, uh, to me is the voice that we need. That, that we need. Um, I think you know, expect the detail and structure to uh, uh, to become better as time goes on. And um, I think their impact is going to be great with our group. <clears throat> you know, these things sometimes take some time, but as far as identifying where our group was and what they needed, I think Jacques, uh, Jacques, and Alfie were the perfect fit. Yeah, I, th- I think that's a, that's a great point. Yeah, they do bring. A lot of those missing ingredients. However, DJ Smith had his assets as well and very sociable coach. And uh, Jacques Martin, not that sociable. Uh, <laughs> I've, I've talked to guys who played for, I've talked to guys who played for Jacques Martin. They could go days without the guy talking to them. And so it's going to be, he, he even mentioned there, Steve Steos did the uh, contrast between the two coaches is, is very, very high. So how do you think this will go over? This, uh, this shock to the system with some of these young players? I think for, for some of them, it will be very difficult. Um, for a lot of them, DJ Smith's the only NHL head coach they've ever known. But there mm-hmm. are enough veterans in that room. There are enough guys in there who have been through different coaches and have been through coach changes. Uh, Claude Giroux, Travis Hamannick. These guys have been around where a coach has been fired and a new coach has come in. And I think there's enough guys there that are going to be able to help the younger guys understand what's going on and get a handle on things. Um, it was interesting that uh, Steve Stales pointing out there, obviously, structure, uh, a different character, a good voice for our team. Does that mean DJ or detail-oriented was the other one? Does that mean DJ wasn't detail oriented? I, I think he was. I think it was just different details, different type of details. Maybe I, I, I can't imagine a coach in the National Hockey League not being detail oriented to some degree. I think the point that Steos is making is more of Jacques is known as like Jacques is almost anal about detail oriented. He's almost anal about structure. Well, he is anal about structure. It's just a different degree of those qualities, I think, is probably more what we're looking at here. Uh, it was the thing I just finished talking about before we played the clip is that it doesn't necessarily mean that guy didn't have those things. It's just this guy is known for these things and is this type of coach. And this is the type of coach that this situation requires right now. And they're really very fortunate in a sense that this type of coach is available. Right. Like how many how many detail oriented structure coaches are there out there looking for a job who are available and willing to come here? 
They're, they, they're very fortunate that they, they may have found the exact perfect thing of what this is. This is the perfect example of what we're looking for. You couldn't have found a better guy as far as the details and the structure go, as far as teaching and working with this young group. You couldn't have found a better guy, I don't think. Yeah, I think it's a great situation in an interim basis. I, I feel 100% confident it's the right move. But eventually, Steve Steos will turn his attention to what's the full-time plan? What's the longer-range plan? Jacques Martin is 71. I mean, nothing to say he couldn't coach for another five years. It, it, it would be unusual. Uh, guys usually aren't coaching in their 70s in the National Hockey League. It is a bit of a grind. But the most powerful man in the world is over 80 in Joe Biden. So who knows, right? And he travels just a little bit. But I want to ask you about this. Jacques Martin, if you're talking about long range, he hasn't been a permanent head coach in the NHL since 2012. True. And I guess my question there would be, you know, while he may be really good at, at smoothing out the warts of this team right now, um, if we're going to consider him beyond this year, and I'm not sure we are, but maybe maybe you are, um, has the game potentially passed him by in a sort of long-range sense? Because I guess the question would be, why hasn't anybody else in the league taken a run at him if he's such a great asset as a head coach full-time? Well, I think the one benefit that Jacques has that maybe other coaches of his age and of his experience maybe don't have is Jacques, Jacques did a lot of assistant coaching in his days too, right? He was an assistant in Pittsburgh. He was an assistant in, uh, in Chicago with Mike Keenan way back when. Uh, he was even, uh, was he? No, he wasn't an assistant in St. Louis uh, before he became the head coach, but he's, he's been on enough staffs around enough coaches in a quote unquote subordinate role. I think he was even at, was he not an assistant with the Habs at one point too? Like this is a guy who's, um, who's no, yeah, we'd have to, no. Okay. But he's been, a, I've got the full, here's a, the full list. If you, okay, you want the full ahead. list. So it, it's, yeah, yeah. it's Chicago. These, these are all the assistants, Chicago, Quebec, and then of course, That's Colorado. Right. And then he was an assistant after his head coaching run that ran from 96 through to 2012. Then he was in Pittsburgh as an assistant with the Rangers as an assistant. Rangers, that's the other one too. Yeah. So I just, I think that that, not a lot of guys have that in their resume, right? Like mm-hmm. you, you look at the candidates that you're thinking of for head coaching positions that are experienced head coaches and they don't necessarily have that type of resume. I think he's been in enough situations where he's been the head guy and enough situations where he's been a subordinate guy where he can understand what his strengths and weaknesses are. He's also a student of the game. Let's face it. He's been coaching professional hockey since he was early twenties, you know, starting with the Rockland Nats and the, in the CCHL. And and I think he even had a cup of coffee in Brockville at one point, you know, before he went off to the OHL. Um, this is a guy who, and he's a, and he's a teacher. <laughs> Let's not forget that either. He's educated as a professional teacher, as an educator. So I don't, Maybe the game might have passed him by in some areas, but I think he's intelligent enough and experienced enough to understand and have people around him who can speak and handle things where maybe it's not his forte. I give him credit for that. I think I think that makes him different from like if they went out and brought in a 70-year-old Mike Keenan who's never been anything but a head coach, who's never been anything but a the, the type of coach that he is. He's He's never had any other role. I think that Jacques has enough of a varied experience and a background that that he can bring a lot here. 
Are you ready to take your Ford ownership to the next level? Introducing Ford Pass at Jim K. Ford. Your passport to a world of convenience and control. Start your vehicle remotely. Lock or unlock it from your smartphone. Receive instant alerts about your vehicle's health and schedule service appointments. Don't miss out on the Ford Pass revolution at Jim K. Ford. 1438 Uville Drive in Orleans or online at JimKFord.com. At Jim K. Ford Lincoln. We say yes. Well, you know what? I'm looking forward to the holidays and a few drinks with family and friends, and I would like to recommend to you a nice bottle of Beaver's Dram Premium Canadian Whiskey for gift-giving or just enjoying by the fireplace during the holidays. Imagine a nice whiskey with less bite and more flavor that's soft and warm with subtle flavors of orange and dark chocolate and a hint of sherry. Pick up a bottle of Seven Seals Beaver's Dram Premium Canadian Whiskey today at the LCBO or order online at DunrobinDistilleries.com. And we've got a gift box for Christmas. Really? To give away to, yeah, to give away to the good listener. We've got a bottle of uh, the aforementioned Beaver's Dram and uh, Dunrobin's Unbelievable Canadian Whiskey. And uh, if you want to get in on that, it's we're doing it by Twitter. So just check out my Twitter account, at Steve Warren Media, and, uh, and find that particular post about that giveaway and just retweet it. And everybody who retweets that post will be in the draw for that coming up on December 21st, 2023. Got a question from one of the good listeners. Scott R writes, why did they keep Jack Capuano around exactly fellas? Seems to me that the guy that was responsible for the blue line mess would be going out the door as well with DJ Smith. Yes. Capuano does stay. It's only Davis Payne and DJ Smith who are out the door and uh, Jacques Martin and Daniel Offertson coming in. Would there have been any uh, any thought about doing something with the defense and maybe letting Jack Capuano go? Well, at first I thought, yeah, because he was the guy who worked with the D, that's why he stays. But the more I think about this and uh, the timing of it also factors into my thought process here. Like, why did you let DJ run practice this morning? or early afternoon, mm-hmm. whatever it was. Uh, I think part of the reason of that was uh, Steve Stales was trying to get his ducks in a row and find a staff. And I, like, it wouldn't surprise me if they couldn't find, or the guy they targeted said no. <laughs> Maybe they couldn't find somebody to work with a D, or the guy they targeted said no. So by default, Capuano gets to stay. It wouldn't surprise me at all if that was the true answer here. Uh, I, I would think, yeah, you're everybody's right, our, our our listeners right you're right this is a guy who worked with the d and the d's the biggest problem in this team how does he get to stay uh, it, it might have been by default i'm wondering yes now nah, let me see here i'm double checking on this huh here's a little tidbit here uh the new york islanders was the final stop in steve steos's nhl playing career and guess who his head coach was jack capuano who is now the subject of the topic we have right now. Maybe, maybe that, because uh, we all know, I mean, hockey connections, that makes right. the hockey world go round. You just see guys working again and again and again with the same people. So to me, that's that's a factor, a big factor in the discussion. But I also think it was more about getting guys into roles that uh, that they want them in. So, I mean, you've got Jacques Martin rolling in as head coach because he had a big contrast to what DJ Smith was. And he also wanted to get Daniel Offertson behind that bench. Well, he's not taking over the blue line. You know, he's going to be looking after the forwards, trying to make that power play better. You know, he loves working with the, 
you know, the forwards out there and skill development, things like that. We've seen that already this season. So it may have been less about punishing Jack Capuano or, you know, Ben Sexton or whoever. Um, I mean, those guys, everybody's staying except for Davis Payne. So I don't think it was about punishing the assistant coaches. I don't even know if they went out and tried to hire any other assistant coaches. I think they're just letting Jacques Martin work things. And I do think the Capuano uh, affiliation from the past factored into the decision-making here. And it's also very difficult to convince someone to leave a current gig to become the interim assistant coach, right? That, that there's not a lot of guys who are going to do that, right? If right. I'm, I'm, I mean, leave as in some guy in the American league or some guy in the, in the OHL or major junior, wherever it may be, it would be difficult to convince one of those guys to give up their permanent head coaching gig to go be an interim assistant on a team that's in quite a bit of a mess here and yeah. no, no uh, promises of anything in the future. But I, 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 Speaking of the future, then who who do we look at now for for a potential full time head coach down the road? What kind of what kind Oof. of names are you bantying about? I haven't yet. It's only been a few hours, and so I'm still getting my head around the Jacques Martin thing. But yeah, I think that before long, I think by this time next season, there will be a full time new head coach. And I think that not because I think that the game is past Jacques Martin by or anything like that. I just I question whether you know it's something he wants to be this busy at this point in his career after a very long, successful NHL career. Remember, this is one of the active uh, games coach leaders of all time we're talking about here. And so, I don't know. I mean, he obviously still has some fire. He wouldn't accept the job or he wouldn't have accepted a, an opportunity to come back in. Uh, but I do think that it's probably going to be a, a you know, a, a, a Band-Aid solution for now. And yeah. uh, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't shock me if some of the usual suspects that are out there you know, it was. It, it seemed like a natural all the way along that Jacques Martin this day would come, and then he got hired as the consultant. It's like, oh yeah, it's really looking good now. And so you might even look at some of the guys that you know are obvious candidates. And Claude Julien's name would be one of those ones that uh, pop immediately to mind as well. And uh, and I can see that you know Martin and Julien that Julien's a younger man, and that would make a nice transition. Martin could still be kind of involved in, in things because. Uh, I know they're both local. They're both French Canadian guys. They're, they're, I believe they're good friends. Um, I could be wrong on that, but I think they are. So that would be the name that would pop immediately to mind. Did you have someone you'd thought of? Well, I'm, I'm thinking of someone who, uh, you remember when the Hamilton Bulldogs won the OHL championship in 2018? Connections. Yeah. The owner was Michael Andlauer. The GM was Steve Steos. The head coach was John Gruden who's now coaching the Marlies in Toronto. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. In which case you'd have to wait till the end of the year. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say a former Sens farmhand as well. Mm -hmm. Yep. I I think he's a potential candidate, but it's going to depend on who the GM is. It's going to depend on what Steve Stales decides for himself. I don't think he wants to be GM. And I think, as you mentioned with Jacques, I don't think Jacques probably wants to be the head coach. Uh, or I, I, yes, he wants to coach, but I, I don't know that he really, he really wants to get into that travel a day in and day out and long days. And he's probably had enough of that. He's probably quite happy to be the consultant and he's quite happy to stay on as the coaching consultant whenever they hire somebody else. And Alfie's probably the same way. I'm not sure that Alfie really wants to be there 
every day, day in, day out, road trips again, the, the lifestyle, the grind that it is. It's even worse for a coach than it is for a player. And I'm not sure that Alfie's that really would want to stick around. Yeah. And I wonder if Steve Stales wants to be a full-time GM just based on how the early going has gone. It's been crisis management has pretty much been what it's been. Yeah. And uh, so I, I, th- I think he does have at least some interest in it. Um, but we'll see. I mean, I, I'm sure he's still talking to people and, and, and looking at possibilities just like a head coach GMs are hired to be fired. Whereas a guy who is the right-hand man of the owner, if he stays in the higher up scenario, that's pretty much a job for life as long as Andlauer is the owner of this team. So, um, yeah, something to consider Kevin Lowe though. I mean, he went from, I think he went from director of hockey operations to, higher ups as well, you know, so it's still maneuverable, even if he stays as GM, I guess. But, uh, you know, I would say that if I'm Steve Steos stepping into this role in the NHL for the very first time to see the losing, to see the, the chaos that's gone on here, I don't know that, uh, I would want to be that hands-on in it if this is the reality, but, uh, what do you think? Does he, is he still in the mix for a permanent GM here in Ottawa? I don't think so. I I think he's here as the president. He wants to, they, the group want to have two and three and four people in in uh, higher up roles. They didn't want to have <laughs> the president be the GM. They they they, they want to have bodies around and minds and different voices to be heard. And I think he still wants that. So there's only two ways that's going to happen. He steps down as president and they hire somebody else above him or he, or he goes back to president and steps down as GM. I, I can't, I can't see him being the full-time GM. I, he gets through the year because let's, uh, we heard the story, stability, stability, stability. So I think he stays for the year. I can't see them hiring a GM in season. And I think Jacques stays for the end of the year. And I think Alfie, who Alfie could have any job he wants. I think Alfie just has to tell him, yeah, I want to do this. And they say, okay, fine. You're it. You're that guy, Alfie. And it's interesting that Alfie didn't say, I want to be an assistant coach. Alfie doesn't want to be in a, in a, uh, in the headlights. And I don't blame him, as you just alluded to. You really want to be in a fireable position? I don't think so. <laughs> that's not what Alfie wants. And in this case, I don't think that's what Steve Stales wants. I don't think that's what Jacques Martin wants. They are, oh, dare we say it, placeholders. Right. One name you brought up that I thought was really interesting, because no matter what happens here, I feel like Jacques Martin will be part of the next staff to to some degree, like helping Steve Steos with who to hire next. And one name that's out there that I thought you brought up was really, really interesting. One of Jacques Martin's former trusty players of the past. I thought that was a great choice. Yeah, I, I Sean Van Allen's here in in Ottawa. He, he's the head coach at Carlton. It's, uh, I think he's in his seventh year already, Steve. It makes us feel old, but he's mm. been there a long time. And, and, and Vanner is the type of player that Jock loved. And he's the type of player that, that, uh, makes a good coach. I, I honestly have no idea if Vanner's a good coach or a bad coach. I don't know if, if he gets good results or not. I really have no idea. I've never talk to him about hockey coaching, but I could certainly see Vanner being a guy who could, who could join this staff. Um, be it with with Jacques or next season as an assistant under whoever comes in. Oh, he's gone deep in the playoffs. I mean, on a number of occasions. True. So he's he's had great success at Carlton, no question. And uh and certainly great character guy. Uh I've gotten to know him over the years from TSN twelve hundred and we've got uh we're uh we're brothers in the adventures in autism 
uh, side yes. of things. Uh, his young lad has got uh, has got autism as well. We actually, sorry, this is a sideline story, but uh, you believe that when, that when both our boys are they're close in age, but when both of our boys were very young, something as simple as getting your teeth cleaned, which is for most kids like a you know what fifteen twenty minute deal or whatever, uh, we had to put both our kids under, take them to Chio get them put completely under and we we're waiting around like it was a big operation we're waiting to get done. And it was just, uh, yeah, just one of the many challenges in the world of autism, uh, just as an aside there, uh, we should uh, start to wrap things up today, but uh, glad to, uh, get some same day coverage for you of the big news of the day. DJ Smith fired as head coach of the Ottawa senators. Does DJ Smith get another job in the league? Wow. That's, that's a good question. Because no one has Honestly, no no yeah. no head coach since Jacques Martin has gotten another head coaching job in the league. Well, is that, yeah, that's true. They 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 hired a lot of guys who who really weren't uh, uh, I don't know top of the list of of other organizations. Like Corey Clouston certainly wasn't going to get another job. Um, uh, Craig Hartsburg had pretty much he flamed out and was like, Oh really? You know what? Maybe this guy really can't coach anyway. He'd been elsewhere, but never really got another job since Rick bonus. I guess he did. Right. Rick bonus got other head coaching jobs since leaving here, but not many, yeah, but that's you're right. That's, oh, yeah, that's said, well before shock. Jacques Martin. Yeah, no, you're right. A lot of, a lot of, uh, strange hires at the time. A lot of people who, who weren't really, you wouldn't think of as being top of list for other organizations. I don't know if DJ gets another job. I mean, he's a coach. He'll he'll find something. It's just a matter of how how low is he willing to go to start over again, right? Like, I would it be an American Hockey League assistant job, you know, or does he maybe want to go to Europe and find something to do over there? I does he go back to junior? I, he could probably get a job in junior, no problem, I would think. But does he want to go there? I don't know that right. he ever gets another another head coaching gig in the NHL though. Yeah, I think NHL assistant coaching is uh, where he's headed next. I think he's made some great connections. I think people know him as a great guy. He's worked for Team Canada. Uh, I think uh, I think he's going to get an assistant coaching job next in all likelihood um, and play that kind of good cop mentality. I think mm-hmm. that, that's, that's one of his strengths. He, he's a former player himself, and I think he likes the player side of it, right? It's almost, he's like he's almost applying – the player mentality to the coach's role. And sometimes as it is, I was saying this on the SWP as well, that there's a reason coaches are hired to be fired because it goes sideways eventually one way or the other. If you're a DJ Smith type coach who is beloved by the players and a real, you know, raw, raw guy, real positive players start mistaking your kindness for weakness and you get the breakdowns the the country club mentality that you know maybe the sends can be accused of right now. Whereas if you're a hard ass like a John Tortorella, for example, or a Daryl Sutter, you tend to have a short shelf life in any given NHL stop. You can be very effective for a short period of time. And so, uh, yeah, I think that DJ Smith, as an assistant coach, when mm-hmm. you know who can maybe you know take the guy under his wing after the head coach reads him the riot act, be the good cop in that relationship. I think he'd be fine there. I really would. Um, so that's that's where I, I see him going next as a head coach. Uh, sorry, as an assistant coach in the National Hockey League. All right. Let us wrap it up. 
Ladies and gentlemen, we appreciate you being here. It'll be interesting to see how the Sens make out in Arizona and Colorado with the new regime behind the bench. Boy, it's been a while since I said, praise Alfie. It's been a while. It's been a while. Have him behind the bench. Why not? They went 2-0. and Did that go? No, they, yeah, they went 2-0 and in Sweden with Alfie behind the bench. So let's yeah. keep that thing rolling. And uh, we'll talk about it more in our next episode. Uh, don't forget our website is SensNationHockey.com. And as well, uh, the hockey news page is right there with all your Sens information. All kinds of great articles up there. THN.com slash Ottawa. Greg, enjoy your evening and we'll talk to you next time. For sure. Thank you, Stephen. Thanks for being with us on the Jim K. Ford Sens Nation podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please subscribe and review. Share the show with your friends and followers or become a member on Patreon. Check out our website today at SensNationHockey.com.